What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast. Wireless giants were supposed to flip the switch on new 5G service across the country today, but some towers won't be lighting up due to safety concerns from airlines. Here we are four years down the road when the major carriers have spent $80 billion on this. Verizon CEO Hans Vestberg says the delay doesn't dim the future of 5G. I'm a super patient guy. I'm a super patient guy. Microsoft's enormous deal for the metaverse. What the many billion dollar Activision Blizzard acquisition means for the rest of big tech. Polygon's metaverse lead, Brian Trunzo. Anyone in big tech is going to be receiving shareholder scrutiny. What are you doing uh, to take advantage of this multi-generational and multi-trillion dollar opportunity. That's all on the pod today, plus the rest of the news that got us squawking, like Peloton execs cashing in before a steep stock drop. Well-timed, but any time in the last year has been a pretty damn good time to sell. It's Wednesday, January 19th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back, you buy in three, two, one, cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin, who joins us from Washington this morning. A fight battle here in Washington, AT&T and Verizon, uh, now delaying deployment of its 5G service at towers near some U.S. airports after airlines had warned that the rollout would likely lead to flight cancellations. They have. AT&T and Verizon were scheduled to begin the 5G rollout today. The company said they would temporarily delay deploying the 5G technology while it worked with federal regulators on a solution. The 5G C-band service sits next to frequencies used by key instruments such as altimeters. The FAA and airlines had warned it could interfere with those systems. We're going to hear from one of the major players in this drama, Verizon CEO Hans Vesberg, who's going to join us in an exclusive interview to break it all down. Um, surprising, and I, Becky's made this point before, just surprising we're even at this point, given uh, the time horizon that we've known that this was uh, in the offing, and frankly, how many other countries have 5G service uh, in the work, you know, not only in the works, uh, actually working, and it seems to have not created such a problem. So, Joe, did you hear the interview with Ben Baldanza that, that Brian Sullivan did just, uh, I don't know, in the last 20 or 30 minutes? I, I saw you at the NASDAQ, so maybe you were listening in. Uh, as I, was was in it, I was in and out. You know, I got a lot, lot yeah. of things beforehand, as you know, a lot of things to take care of. Uh, major, <laughs> lot of, <laughs> yeah, I have newspapers. Um, I have newspapers. Can you believe that? <laughs> At a I major did. News I, I, I had them yesterday, and you I was had them thrilled. yesterday. It's like wow. I was going to taunt you and hold them up, and they. Well, any recent gains I've made in my career recently, they're going to be harder to come by now. I just found out um, <laughs> from the, you know in the New York Post. So I got I got to focus. Apparently, I did find that out focus. this morning. Oh, is that from the? That's from, from the, my horoscope. Is that from the horoscope? Horoscope, of course. <laughs> I haven't well, seen it. I haven't I was, known what to do I, for, since I went to Georgia. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, the, the only thing I was going to say is um, Ben Baldanza, who used to run one of the airlines, Spirit Airlines, I think. Spirit. Mm -hmm. He made some incredibly good points and things I didn't know because I, I was just wondering technically what's the problem. Many modern airliners use what are called radio altimeters. And what that does is it sends a signal from the plane down to the ground and that signal bounces back up and it tells the pilot how high the airplane is off the ground. The risk is that a high power 5G tower near the airport might send a signal that's received by that radio altimeter and therefore provide misleading information to the pilot. So around the world, as 5G has been rolled out, like in Europe, for example, it's been rolled out at a little lower power setting. And European airlines have not had the problem we've had in the US. I guess the technical issue is when you build one of these big 5G towers close to an airport, the concern is that the signals from the tower would interfere with the signals for the altimeters on the planes. And that this is a serious issue that they've known about for a long time, that they've had concerns about for a long time. The FAA has been saying this. The FCC kind of blew it off. And here we are four years down the road when the major carriers have spent $80 billion on this. It's a huge question. And I, I was wondering the same thing, just technically, why is it a big deal when it works in other countries already? It, it's slightly different. The technology is slightly different. So maybe that's something they could fix. Um, but again, I, I, I can't believe we got to this point before you know, the, the, well, we don't really you tend to defer? I tend to give the benefit <laughs> of the doubt to the FAA. And, yeah. and uh, you know, if there's any question about how high you are mm -hmm. in the plane. Um, right. You want yeah. call dropped or plane drops. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Kind of weighing right. that out. I know, you know, we, we get, want to download those movies, like the Lu Lucille Ball movie. You want to get that quickly downloaded. But, uh, you know, if... if it's just I, I, it's it's a mess of government that they allowed this to happen to to sell the spectrum to make the money off of it to say that this was going to go. That's a first mess of government. You said um, this is some some good news, I think. Uh, and I've been working on Paxlovid. You guys read? Have you practiced? Pfizer said its new uh, COVID antiviral Paxlovid Paxlovid uh, was effective against the Omicron variant in laboratory tests. It's an encouraging sign that the drug will be useful in combating the current surge of cases. Although the research hasn't yet been peer reviewed, but if it's good against this one, maybe it's good against if there is a next one and another one after that. It works with not spike protein. It's a, it's a different part of the, the virus that it, uh, that it is targeting. Researchers suspect that the, the antiviral pills from Pfizer and Merck, they thought they'd work against Omicron, uh, even though vaccine efficacy has declined because uh, they target the virus's ability to replicate uh, rather than the spike protein. The whole vaccine thing is, is kind of weird. I, but believe me, I'm very happy that I had all three. But since it doesn't really prevent, necessarily prevent transmission anymore, it's almost like a therapeutic, isn't it? It, it, it takes the worst case scenario off the table. Off the it almost table. like gives you the, the ability to fight it if you do get it. It's almost like but a therapeutic. But that's a little bit of what the flu shot does as well. Yeah. Well, and this is kind of like Tamiflu, I guess, the, the Paxlovid, which I have been a big proponent of that. I pop that like it's uh, you know, the first sign of a sniffle. And you do, you do not get the flu if you take Tamiflu. You don't. I know you're worried, Becky, right? I, what? It's a, it's, a, it's a proved drug. It's an approved drug. I take it. I like it. The second you get a sniffle, you take it. You know. Tamiflu. 
it's expensive though. That's the only problem. The bot, and, doesn't, it have, doesn't have any. Don't you have weird dreams when you when you take it, or am I making that up? Weirder. I've never taken it. Weirder. Weirder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Never mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I asked. Yeah. The Biden administration rolled out its free COVID test uh, website yesterday, a day earlier uh, than expected. Press Secretary Jen Psaki uh, said the website was in testing phase and the official launch is still this morning, although orders placed yesterday are valid and will be uh, shipped. Every household is limited to four tests. The program hit an early snag. Uh, when some users reported difficulties placing orders for apartment addresses. Uh, the Postal Service said those who have had a problem should, uh, with ordering the test should call 1-800-ASK-USPS. U.S. Postal Service, yeah, I don't feel great. like calling that number, I don't think. Um, right now, if you no, do, this is put, great. It on, I did hear from a put lot on speakerphone. Who, who, yeah. <laughs> and walk around and go about your business. Exactly. Um, I, I did hear from a lot of people who had success with this yesterday, and I think that's great. Um, I'm not going to order it because I already have tests that I got from Walmart, so I figure right. you know I, I can afford the test. But there's not going to be enough to go around with 500 million. Uh, but I think this is great, and I did hear from a lot of people who were able to get through. I think Brian Sullivan was even saying he's going to get his um, the shipping is expected at the end of this month. So um, good start, good start. The crazy pandemic. $167 Peloton for an exercise company. I mean, they make Peloton shares have plunged over the past six months. They're now about 30 bucks um, in the market caps, $9 billion. At $170 a share, the, I mean, what? It's just amazing what, what, how things seem to make sense in a, in a given period where you are, but they really didn't. Some executives, it seems like they knew this, or uh, they had some very well-timed scheduled sales uh, because they avoided the big drop. Uh, Robert Frank joins us now um, with more, <laughs> you know, I would say it, 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 well-timed, but any time in the last year has been a pretty damn good time to sell, uh, Robert. But uh, anyway, take it away. Yeah, you're right, Joe. It's not necessarily unique to Peloton, but Peloton shares falling another 3.5% yesterday, down over 80% from their peak last year. But as you mentioned, Peloton executives selling about $500 million worth of shares all before that big drop. John Foley, the company's co-founder and CEO, sold $119 million worth of shares. That was between the end of 2020 and the fall of 2021. Most of those sales were for about $110 a share or higher. They now, as you mentioned, trade at around $30 a share. Peloton did not respond to requests for comment, but according to SEC filings, Foley started a pre-scheduled selling program in September of 2020 for, quote, personal financial management purposes. The plan called for selling 2.4 million shares through October of 2022. So far, he has sold just over 1 million shares with his last sale finished last August. Other Peloton executives also cashing in closer to those highs. All through selling programs, the chief legal and culture officer sold over 90 million in shares the chief product officer over 60 million, and the COO 28 million. Total, in, total insider selling last year was $496 million. So that's a lot for a company of this size. Almost all those sales, again, were at stock prices over $100, which in the rear view mirror looked very smart timing. Joe? Yeah, well, 50 billion was a lot for a market cap for, for this company, that, that's for sure. Uh, Andrew, you had a Peloton. I know you. Uh, I've got I've got the Peloton tread, and I love my Peloton tread. But Robert, the question I have about these 10B15 plans is, 
Has anybody ever thought about saying you, the rule is you can sell on these certain dates, but you can't cancel your sale? And one of the things that I think people do use it is to sort of schedule these sales and then they cancel when it, when, when it works for them and they don't when it doesn't. You're absolutely right. And that, that is a great point. I'm, I'm surprised and it would be interesting to see if the SEC starts looking at how much flexibility is in these plans that are always sold to investors as just prescribed, so therefore shouldn't raise any eyebrows. In, when you looked at the sales in Peloton, you looked at not only some people sort of pausing their sales at certain times, but also escalating them. So it, it seems like they can not only decide, well, I'm going to end it here early and then restart it again, but also change how much they sell as long as they give advance notice. So this is something perhaps the SEC will look into. I mean, I did get an unbelievable workout when I was carrying the bike uh, with a friend up the stairs from the best. Heavy. The heaviest thing. I, I mean, I almost hurt myself. Did you get rid of Joe? Did you get rid of it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I sold it for cash, dude. You did? did. Yeah, oh, During yeah. the pandemic? On, yes. Did, well, did you get $100,000? We, we sold ours, we sold probably, ours during the pandemic as well. Probably over a year ago. Wow. Robert uh, yeah. used his Peloton differently. He just, you, you used to bench it, right? Robert, is that what you, you basically did? You, you'd take the, the, the entire bike. So that was, a, you, know, you bought it for a different yeah, or reason. Bi- or a you bicep never, curl. They're good for yeah, bicep yeah. curls, too. Yeah. That's what you, you look like you could. That's the, you don't look like, a, I don't even <laughs> think you could ride a bike. It's like the Michelin guy trying to, I don't even think you can ride a bike, can you? You hurt yourself. He's bench pressing the Peloton. Thanks it's to tough Rob. to get on, yeah. <laughs> All right, Superman. Clark Kent, thank you. I was going to say, our own Clark Kent. Coming up, Verizon CEO Hans Vestberg on what should have been the day of nationwide 5G rollout and why they're delaying towers near major airports. More than 90 million people in the United States will have coverage of it in more than 1,700 cities. So that's really what I'm excited about. More Squawk Pod right after this. Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Stand Andrew by. This is Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Joe Kernan and Becky Quick. I'm in Washington, D.C. this morning. Verizon and AT&T saying that they'll delay deployment of 5G uh, at towers that are near some airports in the United States after the FAA warned of potential equipment interference. Airlines said that they would have to cancel some flights because of it. Despite the last minute 5G delay, some inbound flights from overseas are already being scrubbed. Julia Borston joins us now with a special guest. Hi, Julia. 
Good morning, Joe, and thank you. Yes, I'm joined now by Verizon CEO Hans Vesberg. Hans, thanks for joining us in this exclusive interview as you roll out 5G to most of the country. Now, let's start off with this concession to the FAA to delay the deployment of 5G around airports. I know you've already delayed multiple times. You say the technology is safe, that other companies countries are already using similar technology, but the Airline Pilots Association wants more assurances. And as Joe just mentioned, some airlines are already canceling flights and blaming this deployment of 5G. How long are you going to wait before you roll out nationwide? So first of all, we need to celebrate what we're really doing today, because uh, I think it's a great day for the U.S. economy, a great day for all of Verizon customers, a great day for Verizon, because we're turning on our C-band today. More than 90 million people in the United States will have coverage of it in more than 1,700 cities. So that's really what I'm excited about. But you're also right, you're talking about that in some places, in a very small portion of our network, we're not turning on some radios close to airports. That has been sort of our discussion with the airline industry to see that we're having a safe flight. And so they have time to go through the technology and the frequencies uh, and all of that. And that they're doing. And uh, I'm confident that it's going to go fast. They're very focused. We have seen a good uh, collaboration the last couple of weeks to really see, do this in a good way. So it's a small portion of the network. But I think the big thing for us is actually we launched a network. And it's a great network with a performance that is just fantastic. It's over one gig based basically on a mobile phone now going all around the country. And this is just the beginning. And uh, so we are excited. At Verizon, we're very excited for that. And hopefully our customers. And it's great for the economy because broadband and wireless is such an important infrastructure for this country. Yeah, and certainly 5G is something I know you have invested a lot in. It's something we've been talking about for a while. But the fact that you have to hold back in this 10% of the market that is near those airports, have you set a deadline with the FAA or with airlines when you said, guys, we're going to launch in a month? This is just we're turning it on fully in a month. Do you have a sense of when this will be fully resolved? As a first of all, we have done this voluntary because we also believe it's important that uh, all this uh, airline industry and FAA really understand and, and, and do the right things because we all are flying. I'm flying. My family is flying. So we want this to be in the right way. I have the assurance from the highest level on the White House. This is the main priority for them to sort out. I am dedicating my technology people to do it. But again, it's a small portion of the network. I think the more important is that the rest of the network is now turned on. And wherever you are, I mean, in, the, in those 1,700 cities today, you're actually getting the 5G ultra wideband from Verizon, which is a game changer. Yeah, and it sounds like you don't have a clear sense of when that final 10% will turn on. But I'm wondering more broadly, Hans, you know, this is something that Verizon has invested so much in. It's something that you've been working towards this launch. I know you've uh, had to delay it as part of these conversations with the FAA. But are you concerned that the delays and all the headlines about airline safety could hamper consumer interest in upgrading to 5G? No, I think that uh, the consumers hopefully understand that we are taking this extremely seriously. And that's why we have delayed our launch. And that's why we not power up some of the few radio base stations close to the airports today. So uh, I think that the consumers should understand that we are taking this equally serious as anyone. And as I said, I mean, we're all are flying and we want to see that uh, the authorities on that side feel really safe about this. But re remember, these frequencies are used in more than 40 countries where uh, air aircraft are landing every day today. So it's a matter of time just to work this through. 
Hey, Hans, it's Becky. You know, um, we heard earlier today from a former airline CEO who was just saying that part of the reason, because I was confused by that too, we've heard about that, how this has been rolled out in other countries and there hasn't been a problem. He was saying that the technology is a little different, that it's stronger, that it's on a slightly different part of the um, bandwidth. A couple of questions. Is this a question of time or is this a question of technology? Is it going to be just a matter of time and sure everything's okay because there's not these technological problems? And second of all, um, do you want your money back from the FCC? What did you guys spend, like $45 billion on this spectrum? Uh, so first of all, I mean, uh, it's time. I mean, technology, I mean, it's, it's the same frequencies all around the place. And, and of course, the experts need to discuss this rather than people like me that are doing this uh, check between the frequencies. But remember, before this spectrum was auctioned, it was a, a enormous work to, to review and do analysis of the spectrum. So it's not like uh, this hasn't been done before. So that's one. When it comes to getting money back from the government, that's nothing we haven't been discussing at the moment. We, we have a good collaboration with all the involved parties, including the White House, to see that this is cleared out. So I have very high hopes that this is not going to be an issue for a long time. Hey, Hans. Hey. How are you? It's, it's Andrew. How would you feel personally about flying an airplane near one of these towers right now? Very good. And what, what do you what? So what do you tell your air, your friends in the airline business? No, but, uh, we, we uh, as I said we have our collaboration. We have different type of speeds on how we're reviewing technology, and they are a big or big industry. There are many people that need to do it, so we just need to take the time so they feel good about the technology and all of that. And that's happening. And of course, FCC is involved, and FAA is involved, and all my technicians are involved because that's where the right. discussion is happening. So that's what's happening, and, and the collaboration is good. But can you go 30,000 feet for us, not to, to use an airline phrase, and explain how we even got here, given, given what seemed to, you'd think everybody would have known for, for as long as we have, and, and, and here we are in this sort of very unusual spot. It's a great question, but I don't think you should ask me. I think you should ask them how, how we got there. So I, I don't know. Uh, for, for us, so I think we have uh, done everything right. Uh, we, we bought the spectrum. Uh, there's been an extensive research on the spectrum but you before must it was have a, you out, must so. have a view. You must have a view of what's happened inside the FAA and inside these airlines. You were in, by the way, the, the cell phone business was in a big battle for years with, the, with airlines and FAA over whether you could even use your phone while the plane was, uh, was taxing, if you remember. Yeah, I remember that. No, it's not for me to have any opinions about uh, things that I don't really exactly know what's happening. So I'll leave that to the ones uh, on that side to respond to that question. It's a good question. But Hans, I think what Andrew is getting at is the fact that you bought the spectrum from one part of the government. You spent a lot of money. It was a huge investment in technology. It's been very clear that you've been investing to get 5G ready to launch for for years. You had it ready to go late last year. And then another part of the government is telling you, wait, you can't launch. So you must be very frustrated at the fact that you have two different messages. You know, one is buy this technology and do things with it buy the spectrum. And the other saying, wait, you can't you can't launch yet. It's not safe. Now, our job is, of course, see that the flight safety is there, but also that uh, the, the U.S. citizens are, are getting 5G ultra wideband. And I think uh, that's what we'll be doing here. And, and I said, it's a smaller portion of, of, the, of the radio network that we've built that we now are not powering up because we're going through this. I think we're doing absolutely the right things, you know. Uh, and we're working with everybody in, in order to see that all the customers that we have, all the people that are flying feel good about it, feel good about 5G. So, uh, 
I think that's uh, what I'm focused on, you know, as a leader of this company. We're really proud of the day today, uh, where our strategic changes last year was fantastic. We sold Verizon Media Group. We bought the Spectrum. We're launching the Spectrum basically a quarter ahead. Uh, we bought TrackFone. We added 20 million subscribers. I think for us, this is a great day. We're redefining what Verizon is. Uh, so I'm proud. My team is proud. So that's what we are focused on. And that's a small portion of, of, of the network that we're not powering up for good reasons. And that collaboration will continue. So uh, I, I'm not frustrated. I'm happy. I'm excited. I think we're in a great moment in the industry and we're super well positioned in the market. You're, you're, you're sound very patient, Hans, uh, as, as this as this issue has taken a while, I know, to get your, your 5G <laughs> ready to launch. I'm a super patient guy. I'm, curious, I'm a you know, super patient guy. <laughs> you started off the conversation saying today was an important day for the economy, and 5G is important for the economy. And I know that's been part of your message to the government, that we need to figure out how to deploy 5G, because this is an economic imperative. Why is 5G so essential, and how do you see it being transformative? No, first of all, a lot of the things that we saw yesterday, for example, in the deals with Metaverse and all of that, you cannot do Metaverse without the network that Verizon is building today, with low latency, enormous throughput, and all of that. So that's one thing. But not only that, today I'm powering up or covering 9 million households where I can do fixed wireless access, broadband, residential broadband as well. So suddenly I can do broadband, I can do Metaverse, I can do consumer business, I can do enterprise business in mobile edge compute. So all that is happening in this moment. All is driving where the economy is going. More digitalized, more online, in order for everybody to have the equal chance wherever they are and whatever, whoever they are, uh, live. That's so important, and that's what we're doing. Well, certainly, you can't have something churning and taking a while to load if you're, if you're in the metaverse. Hans Vestberg, thanks so much for joining us on this big day where you roll out 90% of your 5G network. Thank you, Hans. Thank you very much. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod, Microsoft's giant gaming deal with Activision, the metaverse arms race. Tech futurist Kathy Hackle on what it means for big tech's big plans for the virtual universe and what awaits them in actual Washington. I think a lot of education also needs to happen on Capitol Hill when it comes to metaverse and gaming as well for them to understand that this is in some ways the, you know, the parent to the future of the internet. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.
You're listening to Squawk Pod with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here's Becky. Yesterday, we had huge deal news that Wall Street got to react to. I don't know if anybody's seen the, the latest ticked on Activision after Microsoft made that offer at $95 in cash yesterday. At one point yesterday, I saw it at $82. And I think that tells you a little bit about the nervousness of right. investors. You know, like this is, first of all, it's, it's going to take a while. Admittedly, the two companies say that it's not going to close for at least 18 months. So that is something, you know, you got to think about parking your money there for that amount of time. And then there is the question about whether this can get past regulators. And that is certainly something that was kind of circulating on the street yesterday. Well, the interesting part, and we discussed this a little bit yesterday, is on a traditional measure, if you look at the combination of Activision and Microsoft, it's actually a small piece of what is a very fractured business, which is the gaming business. And you could obviously look at a Sony as being bigger. And you could you could look at uh, uh, frankly, TikTok is being uh, big. I'm sorry, Tencent is being bigger, and so many others. Uh, but again, depending on this new whether the Biden administration and someone like Lena Khan is going to take a new approach to this in terms of how they they measure it, and that's what we're going to try to get at uh, today. Uh, it's going to be pretty interesting, and that's what I think has has investors, at least in uh, in Activision somewhat concerned. You know, again, people concerned about whether this gets through, but if the U.S. regulators are looking at this, it's something that is making overseas companies pretty nervous as well. If you saw shares of Sony, they took a sharp move lower in Japan overnight, significantly lower, down by almost 13 percent, closing down on these new concerns about competition that would be posed by Microsoft and Activision Blizzard if they were to combine. This is a deal that they were calling $68.7 billion, but that's because the company had more than $11 billion in cash. If you really look at the bid, $95 a share for all the shares outstanding, it's an $80 billion deal. Um, In a note to clients overnight, research shop Asymmetric Advisors, which recommends shorting Sony shares, says that Sony is going to have what they are calling monumental challenges on its hands to stand on its own in what they are calling a war of attrition. The analysts said that headwinds for Sony are only going to get tougher, and we're going to talk much more about the Microsoft Act. So the big deal, really the biggest deal on Wall Street, Microsoft paying $69 billion for Activision Blizzard, or following Becky's math, an $80 billion deal. It's Microsoft's largest ever. Before this one was its acquisition of LinkedIn in 2016, and that was a mere $26 billion. Pocket change. So what's the big deal, really? Well... First, there's the timing. Activision Blizzard's contended with difficult headlines. Allegations of sexual misconduct throughout the company have prompted calls for CEO Bobby Kotick's resignation. It's alleged that he was aware of a toxic workplace culture and did not inform the board. Activision says it's disciplined or fired many employees as a result of an internal investigation, and it's working to change things. On the other side of the coin, Activision is a gaming company, owning many of the most popular titles like World of Warcraft and Call of Duty. And video games are driving consumers right into the future. Could this be Microsoft's on-ramp into the metaverse? Historically, Microsoft has invested heavily in building a company for enterprise and business solutions. Yet, here it's made its biggest M&A deal for a consumer-facing, metaverse-adjacent company. Microsoft already worked with Activision for the Xbox. Could avatar-enabled Teams meetings be in our future? (laughs) I hope not. This deal might be the first in metaverse consolidation dominoes to fall. Experts expect that after such a hot 2021 with things like Web3 and NFT projects popping up left and right, the industry might be ready to mature. 
which means a lot of those projects could be swallowed up by bigger players, some even legacy tech players. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick commented on the deal on CNBC yesterday. One of the motivations that we had for a partnership with Microsoft is the recognition of it's a, it's a big market, but there's enormous amount of competition, whether it's Tencent, who has resources that are extraordinary and a global footprint, or Sony, or Facebook, or Amazon, or Apple, or Google, or Netflix, or Disney. When you think about the race for the metaverse and for the more influence in gaming and the gaming ecosystem, we've now seen more competition than ever before. What's next? Here's Becky, bringing in two Metaverse experts. Joining us now with more on that race for a virtual win is Kathy Hackle, tech futurist and CEO and chief Metaverse officer at the consulting firm Futures Intelligence Group, and Brian Trunzo, Metaverse lead at Polygon Studios. And Kathy, we'll start with you. What does this mean for the overall industry? Is this going to start off something of an arms race here? I think so. I think we have to brace for this race to the metaverse. I think we'll see more and more M&A uh, coming in the gaming space, maybe from some of the companies that were in a wait and see mode. This definitely sets an alarm that they can no longer wait. Um, I also think, you know, for some of the other players, it might strengthen um, the possibilities for potential IPOs in the future. Right now, I'm looking at Epic Games or Niantic. And, you know, seeing this acquisition, I'm thinking, are they potentially going to want to go, you know, go into an IPO? Kathy, um, Sony shares this morning down by about 12.5% on concerns that it's going to be very difficult to compete with this new combination if it does get approved by regulators. Is that the right reaction to Sony shares? I think Sony has an opportunity as well, right, um, to level up and to try to make some new announcements, some new partnerships, potentially some new acquisitions, right? So we're going to have to see kind of how, how, how it goes. I will say... Um, you know, now that I look at what's happening with Microsoft and Activision and think about Game Pass, uh, I start to think about is Game Pass going to become the new Amazon Prime, right? So I think that there's a lot of ripple effects that this is going to, you know, this is going to have across not just Sony and other gaming components, but, you know, companies like Amazon as well. Hey, Brian, what, what does this mean um, now that Microsoft has kind of taken the first step? What, what do you expect to see happen next? Similar to what Kathy was saying, I think anyone in big tech is going to be receiving shareholder scrutiny, questions along the lines of what are you doing uh, to take advantage of this multi-generational and multi-trillion dollar opportunity that promises to usher in the next generation of the internet, essentially. And, and Brian, you think that this is the right move, that you know, paying top dollar for some of these things really makes sense and that it is necessary right now? It feels so, especially for the larger players who are sitting on enough cash to be protected from an investment of this size. You know, I also think that it's important to remember how narrative-driven equities are really playing such a role in the movements uh, of these bigger players. It's pretty easy to forget that just a few months ago, Sony itself invested $200 million in a $1 billion raise from Epic Games. Uh, so that often gets washed away when new news breaks, especially news that utilizes a word as hot as metaverse. <laughs> yeah, that's a big question, too. Kathy, first of all, we, we, we haven't really mentioned that uh, you and Brian both are of the opinion that these deals need to happen. More of these big companies will try and make this happen. We haven't really talked about Washington and what they may or may not do to allow this. Um, if you looked at Activision shares yesterday, they were trading at $82 and change. The deal was for $95 in cash. So that tells you that, that Wall Street, at least, has some questions about whether that this will get passed. Do you? Yeah, I think it still remains to be seen, right, if it will pass. There's a lot of scrutiny. 
um, especially now, you know, increased in the gaming space and it's increased in all, even in virtual reality with Facebook, well, form, formerly Facebook meta. Um, so yeah, I think it still remains to be seen. Uh, I think a lot of education also needs to happen on Capitol Hill when it comes to metaverse and gaming as well for them to understand that this is in some ways the, you know, the parent to the future of the internet. Brian, what, what is the most important aspect of this? What, what, what makes this a good deal as far as you're concerned? What, what does Microsoft get the most out of it? I think they are just building their metaverse stack for a lack of a better way of putting it, right? They're looking at the pieces that they have to usher in uh, this new emergent technology and, and what promises to be the next iteration of the internet. And they're determining what parts they need to bring it to fruition, whether that's by hardware, networking, uh, computation, platforms, and in this case, content providers. Brian, Kathy, want to thank you both. Um, I get the feeling we're going to need to talk about this a lot more because this is going to be a deal that's going to take a while. So we appreciate your time and we will have you back. That is Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears. Listen to this podcast and follow Squawk Pod on your favorite platform. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 